Hey, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast, one of the many places that we love to declare Jesus. We see you and your life living a life of resilient faith for all of your days, and we believe that listening to this message is going to be part of strengthening your faith journey. Enjoy the message. All right, you can open your Bibles to the book of Genesis. We're going to start there this morning. Fruitfulness is, a, is an interesting word, actually. I heard that word for them, and then it was circling in my mind all weekend, fruitfulness, fruitfulness. If you look at Genesis 1 and chapter 1 and verse 28, it says this, and God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. God said to them, Be fruitful. Be fruitful. They're the first recorded words that God speaks to human beings. He says to them, be fruitful. There are other words that we have recorded that God spoke. He said, let there be light, and the light came to be. He looked at his creation, and he said, this is good. But he was just talking to himself, looking at all that he had done and saying, this looks good. But when he spoke to the humans for the first time, he talked to them, and he said, be fruitful. It tells me that you are designed for fruitfulness. It tells me that God has an intention for your life. It tells me that God has a purpose for your life. It tells me that when God looks at you, he sees someone who is intended for fruitfulness. When God came to find the first people, he looked at them and he said, before you know anything else, I want to say to you, be fruitful. And when you look into the future of your year and when you look into the next months that you have to come and when you look into what all God wants to do for you, I hope that you see fruitfulness because you were designed with fruitfulness in mind. You were designed with the purpose of seeing the reward and the enjoyment of your work return unto you. You were designed with the idea that as I put my hands to do something and as I put my mind to do something, there is something that should return into my life and that thing is fruitfulness and I should get the feeling and the pleasure and the joy of what it is to know that my work has meant something and my work has done something and my work has returned to me that feeling of finding the thing that you have done and seeing it return to you and biting into that thing and letting the juice flow into your life and feeling it nourish who you are. That feeling of fruitfulness is what you were designed for. And when you look into your year, fruitfulness is down the line for you. Fruitfulness does two things in our life. Fruitfulness nourishes who we are. When I have fruitfulness in my life, it comes back and it feeds me. It feeds my body and it feeds my soul and it feeds my spirit. It means the thing that is the produce of the work that I have done should return to me to feed me on my inner person and on my outer person. The thing that is on the inside of me, the fruitfulness that I am after is something that comes back and it nourishes me 
all the way through. You are designed for fruitfulness. The other thing that fruit does in our life is that it returns to us and it contains within it the ability to produce again. It contains within it a seed that allows itself to be reproduced so that I never find myself not in a season where I know that fruitfulness is still coming ahead of me. Because if I handle my fruit properly, I have fruit to eat for today and I have fruit to sow for tomorrow so that fruitfulness is always in front of me. I hope you know that there is fruitfulness in your future. I hope you know that you have been designed for fruit. I hope you know that you have an intention for fruitfulness in your future. I hope you know when you look for your tomorrow that you should be looking not for lack but for fruitfulness. I hope you know when you look into your year that you should be looking not for toil but for fruitfulness. Toil is the result of being removed from the Garden of Eden. And toil is that I work and I grind and I work and I grind and I feel like I'm always barely making it. But fruitfulness says I put my hand to do something and it comes back to me to feed me. And in your 2024, there is fruitfulness that is coming in your future. And in your 2024, there is fruitfulness that is coming after you. There is fruitfulness that is on its way for you. You were designed for fruitfulness. But before God tells them to be fruitful for something that he does, God has a way of doing, then speaking. He seems to have this pattern of doing something and then speaking something. The book of Acts begins and it says, and now here are all of the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. He began to do something and then teach something. There's a story when Pharisees bring a woman who was caught in sin trying to trap Jesus. And it says that before he spoke anything, Jesus bends down and he begins to write in the dirt. On the, he began to do something before he stood up and said to them, now those of you who are without sin, go ahead and cast your... So he likes to do something before he says something. I think of Moses walking through the desert and before God speaks to him, he sees a bush that's on fire, yet it's not burning. God did something before Moses came and he said to him, this is holy ground. God likes to do something before he says something. And when God does something before he says something, it's because what he is doing is preparing us for what he is about. To say, and before God said to them, be fruitful, he did something. If you look one chapter above, one verse above this in chapter 1, verse 24, it says, And God made, created man in his own image. In his image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the account of God bringing man into human form. If you look at chapter 2, I think it gives us a different painted picture of the way God does it. In chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, And then God formed the man of the dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Say, formed. 
God formed the man before he came to him and he said to him, be fruitful. Before he came to him to say, be fruitful, he formed him. He formed him in an intentional design. God formed him with a specific purpose in mind. And he put the man together in a way that he needed to be formed and that he needed to be designed for the purpose that he had created him for, which was a purpose of fruitfulness. Before he came to him and said, be fruitful, he formed the man. It means that he put him together. There is a form that is needed to contain the fruitfulness for your life. My concern is that we are busy pursuing fruitfulness without ever having been formed. And before we can be fruitful, we have to be formed. We have to be formed in a way that we're able to contain the fruitfulness that God has for your life. Because make no mistake, he has fruitfulness for your life. He has abundance for your life. But there is a form that is necessary to stand up under the weight of the fruitfulness that he's ready to pour out for you. There is a form that's necessary to walk into the rooms that he has for you and speak in front of people that he has for you to influence. There is a form that is necessary necessary to be able to contain and manage the amounts of wealth that he wants to move through your hands. There is a form that is necessary to be the kind of person you need to be for the spouse that you are longing for. My concern is that we are so busy pursuing the fruit that we have stopped and forgotten that there is a form. There's a reason that you put your fruit in a fruit bowl instead of just laying it on your counter. Because the form of the bowl knows how to hold on to the fruit. The form of the bowl knows how to contain the fruit. The form of the bowl knows how to make sure the fruit is where I need the fruit to be when I come back to it and I need to utilize it. But we haven't been formed and so we wonder why God pours fruitfulness out and it feels like it just rolls everywhere on the floor. We wonder why God pours fruitfulness out and it seems like it rolls around and gets bruised and battered all over because we haven't been formed. He wants to form you this year. The book of Isaiah, the prophet, writes to the people in Isaiah 64 and 8, and it says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father, and we are the clay. You are the potter, and we all are the work of your hand. When Isaiah is speaking to the people about what it's like to be in the hand of God, he uses this image of clay on a wheel, and he says we're going to be formed by the hand of God. There is a form that God has for you. When a potter takes clay, he takes the lump of clay, and he takes it from the rest of the group, and he begins to pat it into a form, and it begins to come into a ball-shaped form, and then he puts that form on top of the wheel. There is a form that the potter makes before he puts his clay on the wheel. Some of us have been formed by God once, but we think we're done being formed by God. That form was just his preparatory form to put you on the wheel, 
to form you into the vessel that he has always intended for you to be. Because the potter has to take that clay into a sphere so that it's prepared to go onto the wheel where he can form it into the form that he's always intended. And when the clay is on the wheel, the potter begins to spin the wheel. And as he spins the wheel, what happens is that he applies pressure to that clay. And as it goes around, he applies pressure. And it is the regular, repeated rotation of that wheel coming around in that pressure. It is the regular, repeatable action of that clay coming around on that pot. And the pressure that is being applied that begins to form it. And he starts at the base. And when the base gets just right, he moves it up and that same regular repeatable action begins to form the pot. The problem with most of us is that we keep jumping off the wheel. As soon as it gets uncomfortable, we just hop off the wheel because your boss had you accountable for the work that you said that you were going to do and that felt a little bit too uncomfortable and so we leave that place of work and we just go somewhere else to a different place of work and I got in conflict with a friend and so instead of leaning into the uncomfortability I exit that friendship and I just go to find some other shallow friendships and we don't stay in the uncomfortable place long enough to be formed into who he is designing us and who he is creating us to be. We walk around into different places and we pop up in a church and we say, God, I bless your name in the morning and I bless your name in the evening. But when something is said that makes us uncomfortable, we just hop out of that family of believers and go down to another family of believers. And I'm grateful that we have a city that is filled with churches that are declaring the name of Jesus and that are lifting up who he is. But I will tell you when I meet with the other pastors, all of us are worried about the same thing. And that is because we have so many wonderful options. We don't stay long enough in the uncomfortability. We just pop out of the uncomfortability and go to the next place that makes us comfortable. Uncomfortability is not your enemy. Uncomfortability is the feeling of being formed and he wants to form you this year form you into his likeness form you in his hand form you into who he has designed you and created you to be and being formed comes from regular repeatable actions there are regular repeatable Actions that as you come around that rhythm and that circle of your life, every time you come around, that regular repeatable action points you right back into the form that the potter is making you into. As it presses in on you, as you come back one more time, that rough place is smoothed out through the regular repeatable action of coming around that circle one more time. The regular repeatable actions of your life will lead you into the life that you are forming and the life that you are living in and many of our regular repeatable actions are leading us to destruction I work from home all the time and I have all my food ordered and delivered and I ignore calls when they're coming in and I close my curtains because I don't 
want to let the light in and I sit back and I just watch TV all night long while I scroll on my social media and that scrolling on social leads me to scrolling through porn and then I feel bad about my life and so I don't really want to see anybody so I stay in and I order food again and I ignore calls from the people who are trying to reach out to me and I ignore texts from the people who love me and I go back to scrolling and it leads me right back where I was the night before because the regular repeatable actions of my life keep leading me in the same direction but if the regular repeatable actions of your life can lead you to destruction the regular repeatable actions of your life can lead you into purpose can lead you into forming can lead you into who God has called you and designed you and intended for you to be this is my dream for your life my dream for your life is that five years from now ten years from now 30 years from now 50 years from now, you have a deep, meaningful, personal relationship with Jesus. We call it resilient faith. That you have the kind of faith that says, God, when I'm in an absolute storm, my faith knows how to plant its feet and keep standing. God, when I'm on the mountaintops of my life, my faith knows how to lift my hands and say, if it wasn't for God, who was on my side? When I'm in the moments of my life, when I say, God, I have made terrible decisions that have brought me here. That I have the kind of faith that says there's a light that I find in the hope that is Christ Jesus. That I have the kind of faith that when they say yes to me then I can celebrate it and when they say no to me that my faith still stands that I have the kind of faith that on a Wednesday afternoon in the plain mundane middle of my life still says God you have purpose for this and you have intention for this I want you to have a resilient faith that lasts a faith that stands and a faith that carries you we call it resilient faith, and there are regular, repeatable actions that can lead you into a life of resilient faith. We call them rhythms of resilience. The regular, repeatable, resilient rhythms of your life. You have a rhythm and a pattern to your life. And that's why this year we're launching our Rhythms of Resilience to put some handles on what does it look like when I'm not here to be a person of resilient faith. They happen daily, weekly, monthly, yearly as the rhythm of your life comes by. There are some regular, repeatable actions that will lead you into a life of resilient faith. This is the part where you take notes. Get your pens out. Get your thumbs ready. Daily. We have a daily rhythm of devotion. Daily devotion. That means every day, scripture and prayer. Every day, I'm going to be found in his word and connected to God through the place of prayer. A daily rhythm of devotion looks like regular word and regular prayer. Now, for you, that might look like doing the daily scripture that comes up on the YouVersion app and saying a five-minute prayer while you drive from your house to work. 
or for you, that might look like reading a chapter every day and praying for 30 minutes. Or you might be doing the January Bible shred and reading the whole Bible in the month of January, and you are all in. It, it might look like a lot of different things, but everyone, every day, in the Word and in prayer, weekly, Weekly, we gather in worship. We gather to worship in a worship experience with other believers. We come together in the gathering of the worship experience to say that, God, you are part of the regular, repeatable rhythm of my life. And that might be coming into the room like this, or it might be gathering 10 of you where you are, but I do not believe we were designed to worship him alone. We were designed to worship him gathered together with other believers and it means on a weekly basis I should have a regular repeatable predictable rhythm that I will be found gathering with other believers in a worship experience it means weekly I am giving of my wealth that I am leading with my first fruits and saying that God the first thing I'm doing is I am ensuring that I am giving of my finances into that my wealth is under your hand and that my wealth is committed to your purpose and your plans weekly withdraw weekly we need a rhythm a habit of disconnecting from all of the noise from disconnecting from all of the sound from disconnecting from the hustle that says if I'm not on my grind then I your fruitfulness doesn't come from your grind your fruitfulness comes from his hand and you have to be prepared to receive that form and that form happens in the weekly withdraw that's what the old testament gives us as the sabbath principle where the people of god every week for a full day would cease from their working and would cease from the work that they needed to do and would instead devote that time to god it's a time where we set aside intentionally to withdraw from the noise, to say whatever work has to be done is going to have to wait till next time because there's always more work to be done. But I have to be who God has called me to be and I need to be formed in his presence. So I'm going to turn off my phone and I'm going to turn off the noise and I'm going to turn off the hustle and I'm going to turn off the grind. And on a weekly basis, I am going to set aside time to withdraw and be with God and delight in who he is. Monthly, a meal. A meal at a table with food with other believers. Monthly, we should participate in coming around a table with other believers and sitting down and talking about what's God doing in your life and what's God doing in my life and how can I be praying for you right now and what are we believing for and what burdens are we carrying that's heavy and what things are we celebrating where God has shown up. There is something that happens when we gather around a table and we have a meal with other believers. It is the model that we believe in here at Cornerstone and it's the model that I believe Jesus practiced where he gathered people in large groups and he would proclaim a message to the people in large groups and then he would go away and sit at a table with a smaller group of people and they would discuss what does that mean for me now and how do I do that and can you explain a little bit more there is something that happens when we gather around a table it's what happens in our life groups if you're part of a life group, you're already set up to meet monthly for a meal with other 
believers. Because what happens in life groups is we gather to have a meal together. We talk about what God is doing and we pray together in lots of different forms. And you can be part of that. If you want to sign up for a life group, you can sign up for a life group and get in it. But to be honest, for me, this is not my life group growing mechanism. What I want is for you to gather at a meal with other believers. So if you're not ready to sign up for a life group or you feel like you're already, you don't have to. A life group is designed to help lead you and walk you in this direction. But what I want for you is to make sure that you are gathering for a meal monthly with other believers. The other thing we do monthly is we mobilize. We get out and we serve. We volunteer and we show up for someone else besides our self. There are all kinds of data points and metric points I can show you on all of these about the way that they strengthen your life. But I cannot overstate what it does for you to get outside of your world and show up for someone else to volunteer and serve in something. And it has always been a characteristic of the followers of Jesus that they were active in their cities and active in their communities. So at least on a monthly basis, finding a way to serve, whether that's signing up for a team and saying, I'm going to make sure people's kids are taken care of while service is happening, or I'm going to make sure I'm part of who's making sure the message is going out to other people, whether it's volunteering to serve inside what we're doing here and getting part of the prison. I mean, I am so excited about what's happening in the prison ministry and what's going on. And if you're like, I need to be part of that, getting volunteering and serving in that, or There are so many teams across our city and so many organizations that are doing good work, getting out and being mobile in our community and actively showing up on a monthly basis, yearly. Yearly, we yield ourselves through fasting. We yield our lives through the form of fasting and say, God, I am yielding myself so you can prepare me, so you can form me, so you can make me into who you've called me and designed me to be so I can set a life on purpose and with intention that says, I want my life to look more like you, God, and I don't want to be ruled by my cravings, and I don't want to be ruled by my flesh, and I don't want to be ruled by my desires. I want to be ruled by you, and that happens through yielding to God through fasting. Now, if you're participating in 21 days of prayer and fasting, you are knocking this one off right at the beginning of the year. You are good to go and rolling. If you're like, I'm not sure I'm ready to sign up yet, sometime this year, find a time where you can say, I'm going to take a day. I'm going to take two days. And for the first time in my life, I'm going to say, God, I'm not eating food so that I can feast on you. I'm going to be filled with who you are. And yearly, yes. Yearly, leading someone else to their yes to Jesus moment. Yearly, pursuing that I am going to pray a prayer with someone and be there with them when they say yes to Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean one yearly conversation about the message of the gospel, because if you've ever talked to someone about Jesus, you know that it means that you better be talking about him a lot, because people have a lot of questions, and because the enemy wants to hold people in darkness and in captivity, but it means that we are continually looking. Can you imagine 
what it would be like if every single one of us this next year led one person to their yes moment with Jesus, to their yes moment, to saying, yes, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I get so excited about it. I get so excited about all of the people that came in here last year and raised their hands and said, I have decided to become a follower of Jesus. More than 100 people last year let us know that they have decided to become a follower of Jesus. And that gets me stoked, but it's not only that, because if you've been around for a little bit, you know that the thing that Phil and I get so passionate about is in addition to all of those people that are going to come into this space, the people that you're going to stand next to in the hallway in your apartment and say, I just want to tell you what Jesus has done for me. And I just wondered if you want to be part of that as well. I get so excited. I can see it in my mind, you standing across the fence and your neighbor and talking to your neighbor and them saying to you, yeah, I don't really know a lot about Jesus. And I was wondering if you could, I see you at the lunch table just sitting down with somebody and saying, man, I don't have all the answers about all those questions, about all those things in Genesis. And we can look into it and we can keep digging. But what I know is what Jesus means to me. And what I know is how he's changed my life. And what I know is that if you want that, he's ready for you and he's waiting for you as well, that he You have the ability to lead someone in their yes moment to Jesus out there in your 166 other days of the week. That while you're on your gaming console doing all those games, that there's a way that you can reach and you can connect to somebody and say, I wanted to point you to something that's better than this. And we have prepared everything that you need to do it. You don't have to bring them here. Because right there when you do that, You can jump in the YouVersion app and sign them up for the New Believers seven-day devotional and say, hey, me and you, we're going to go through this devotion together and we're going to kick off your first seven days of being a follower of Jesus the right way. Right where you are, you can jump in the app and click on the I said yes to Jesus and walk your friend through their yes moment and help them get connected to resources. You don't have to bring them here for their yes moment. We're going to keep going after anybody who comes into this room. But where you are, what if you as an individual believer led someone to do you know what it does for your faith to see someone else say, I have decided to follow Jesus, it forms you into the vessel that he's always intended for you to be. So we have regular, repeatable rhythms for this year. The rhythms of resilience, that daily you're in devotion, weekly you're in worship and giving of your wealth and withdrawing from the hustle and monthly you're at a meal and monthly you are mobilized and yearly we are yielding in fasting and prayer and yearly we are leading someone to their yes moment in Jesus. This becomes the regular, repeatable action of your life, the rhythm that goes round and round that five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, 
50 years from now create and form you in a way that says all the days of my life I have been found in your house God all the days of my life I have been found in your presence all the days of my life I have been a follower of Jesus and come storm or sunshine I am gonna be a follower of Jesus come yeses or come no's I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus come up economies or down economies I am going to be a follower of Jesus because I have a stable, resilient faith that has been formed by his hand and his working. This is our year of being formed.